welcome to Brave Knitting. This is episode number 12 for a release date of March 15th, 2020. And I'm Anne. And I'm Linda. Linda, what are we being brave about today? Cables. Cables. I love cables. I do love cables. And I have, I have always liked cables, even as a little kid. Yes. I would, I would just love the look of cables. It just seemed so sophisticated somehow. It really does. And I grew up, both of us grew up in, you know, like hardcore winter climates, you know, I mean, uh, yes, I have a lot of sweaters with beautiful, beautiful cables. And the one thing I love about cable knitting Mm -hmm. is that it looks really fancy. It does. And it has a big impact for what I consider to be really little effort. I agree with that 100%. And so in a lot of ways, I don't think you have to be all that brave <laughs> no, to, to be a cable knitter, right? Because it's, it's pretty easy once you do it. It really is. I remember watching you cable a sweater before I'd ever tried it. And I thought, oh no, I could never do that. But I did. There you did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think, as I mentioned before, my very first sweater back with the Wilma in 1985 or 86, whenever that was had cables, just a simple rope cable, but yeah. And I, I just love cables and I'm been working on something. Well, I made those three hats recently oh. for Christmas gifts. They all had cables. And then something else I did recently also had cables. I'm getting ready to, to do another little project that has cables. So I love cables. I do too. However, a word to the wise, if you're making a garment for yourself or for somebody else, you know, be aware that cables do add some bulk. Yes. So I see a lot of beautiful cable pattern sweaters that I think, oh, those are fabulous and I love them. And I've knit enough to know that most of those aren't going to look so great on me. So I have to, I just have to be careful about what cable projects I pick and where the cables are Are that they just, you know, you want something that's still flattering to your particular body type. Right. When you think about it, it's got to add a, about a half an inch, do you think? I mean, yeah. it, they stick out. They and do. Then, and then just the way they, um, particularly for people that are kind of large busted, yes. if they're if they're kind of stretched, they just look a little distorted and they just sort of exaggerate right. maybe things that you don't necessarily want exaggerated. Or that, on the other hand, maybe you do want some things exaggerated and maybe they'll help you out. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Some, some, some people want that extra bulk, I guess. But, um, I, I know that the first time I cabled, and I know that we've mentioned it before, uh, you had told me that you really loved the little, what would you call it? A J hook? I, I call it the J hook. Okay. But I think other people refer to it as a U shaped cable needle. Okay. And maybe some of them are more J shaped. Some are more U shaped. Uh, I I tried that. You told me you need to get this. And for some reason, and this just goes back again to everyone is different. I just could not knit off of that J hook or U hook. Because it's really skinny. Yes. And I think, I think that's one of the things that I like about it is that because it is so, so thin, you can basically use it a hundred percent of the time. Right. If you're using some of these other cable needles that are sized, then some of the larger ones aren't going to fit when you're working on a project that's really small. But with that, that skinny aluminum one, mm-hmm. you know, it, it works on any size. The, the trick is, I think the trick for you was it was hard for you to knit off of that tiny, tiny needle 
right. as, as a new knitter. It may be something that be, would become easier for you now that you've probably loosened up your knitting a lot. The, the reason I like it and I prefer it, and, and obviously, the, you know, the most common thing people use is just a, a double pointed. That's what I, that's yeah. what I use. That's what worked best for me. I even tried the one that is kind of dipped down in the middle. It's, it's straight, but it has kind of a V in the middle. And for me, that didn't work either. Uh, I just needed another needle that was just like my knitting needle to be able to knit straight off of. Right. But right. you know, everybody, everyone reason, is different. The reason I don't like those is to me, they just sort of get in the way. Yes. You know, they're kind of like sticking out there straight behind where you're trying to knit. And the thing I like about the J, and, I'll, and I, I think I liked when I was a, a new knitter, it probably doesn't really matter now because mm-hmm. I'm experienced enough that I feel comfortable even if the stitches are just sort of, you know, dangling midair. But I like the fact that with the J, it, that it sort of flops down behind or in front of where you're knitting and is totally out of the way and you don't have those needles getting in the way. That's why I liked it. Right. Uh- that is true. I remembered that about the U or the J, that it would just really hang there very nicely. It, it just was not in the way at all. And I do remember that. I have a couple of the J's that are not just the real skinny aluminum ones, but they're more, they're probably the size of a, maybe a five or a six mm-hmm. size needle. And they're, they're J shaped, but then they have kind of ridges, okay. like, like right above the bottom part of the J. I guess to kind of hold, I, to me, those are like the dumbest things ever. And I, I must not understand what they're used for because, you know, your yarn gets caught in that part where they have the ridges, right? Right. You can, can't just slide it off. Oh. So you're kind of fighting to get the yarn off of that. So, maybe that's for people who are afraid that they're going to lose the stitches. Is that possibly well, what it's for? Maybe, but then I would think those people would have an even harder time than I do trying to yeah. pull them off of that yeah. really jaggedy, you know, I so, know. So if there's someone out there who understands yeah, why, understand the person, let us, let know, us know, please. Clueless. Absolutely. Okay. So we've kind of looked back into the history yes. of the cable and it's very interesting. There is, there's some legend out there, isn't Absolutely. There? There's some legend. Um, from your kinfolk. <laughs> from, yes, I do have Irish in my background. And what you find when you look back is that every cable kind of meant something, that it was supposed to be a symbol of uh, like the ropes that the fishermen used or the um, the diamond kind of shape of, you know, the walled um, fields in uh, on, uh, you know, in, in the countryside and some of them maybe, you know, pertaining to Celtic designs, Celtic crosses, religious, you know, things. And I was really excited about that. You know, I started looking at the, uh, there's a Aaron, what was it called? Aaron County or Aaron sweater market. And they even had you know, like the crest of a family and not only the crest, but the sweater, the Aaron sweater pattern that went with that family. And I thought that is so cool. And I was looking up, you know, we have Henry's in our family. Just like your, um, your tartan, right? Exactly. And so I was looking it up and I was writing down, you know, what, what it looked like. And I was looking for, you know, what it meant. And, uh, then 
I found something else. <laughs> Your bubble was burst. My bubble was burst. I mm. guess that's all just a big old myth. All myth and legend. Yeah. And I mean, can we just all agree that, you know, let, let's just forget that it's a myth. I think that the, it's a great idea. But Yes, there's re- romantic stories of yeah. how the, 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 the reason for these sweaters that they were used to identify the dead fishermen who would As wash they, up on the shore by the pattern on their sweater. Right. Did you read that um, that really came from, I guess there was a play at some point back then, oh, okay. and, and it was somebody washed up on the shore, and this woman recognized that it was her husband, but it was because she dropped three stitches when she was knitting his sock or something, but someone took that story and ran with it and said, oh, you know, every family has their own pattern of sweater and and you know that's how they recognize their family member that has died and floated up onto shore (laughs) so the reality is is that these sweaters really aren't all that old right that they really became popular in the 1930s and 40s okay and one story that i read in the what was the book that oh i'm grabbing the book here (laughs) Knitting in the Old Way, there's a story there that tells about two Irish immigrants. Now, there is some connection to the Aran Islands mm-hmm. off of Ireland to these knits. And one of the stories I read that there were two Irish immigrants who came to the United States in 1906, and they learned some new knitting techniques from an Austrian. Oh, and then apparently they ended up going back to their homeland. And while they were there, they took these new knitting techniques they learned from the person from Austria, which was, I guess, a cabling technique. And they combined it with the traditional Gansey sweater mm-hmm. and, I guess, developed what we would consider now to be the, the typical Aaron or fisherman's sweater. Oh, Okay. Someone else commented on something that I was um, watching or reading and said, you know, when you think about it, think how heavy those sweaters would be when they're wet, you know, and there's just, why would that be something that a fisherman would choose to wear? I mean, it it would just sink him to the bottom of the sea. Well, but I I think fishermen don't intend to be in the sea. That's probably, well, that's probably their hope. And I do think that, that there was something to the fact that the way they were knit and some of the patterns that they did um, hold off the cold and oh, the I water bet from going through. Oh, I'm through. sure of that. So I do think that, that fishermen probably wore them, but it probably wasn't until the 1930s and 40s. Right. And someone else pointed out, too, that it took so long to be able to knit those sweaters that they were probably kept more for good, you know, or, or not used right. to just be, you know, worked in. Yeah. But and I don't know. Something else, another comment I read that, they probably weren't so much used by fishermen is that they were really uh, tourist oh. novelties. Sure. That, that it was really for the, the tourist trade that they became popular, right. not with the actual fishermen. Right. So, and so they still sorry, are to, sorry to yes, take away all that. that romantic. I have to thing. ask, you went to Ireland not that long ago, and it was kind of like a little cruise thing. Did you go to the Aran Islands on the west side of? We did not because we were... <laughs> trying to remember where the heck we were. We were we weren't on the west side oh, okay. of Ireland. We were on the east side. Okay. And then sailed up around the northern tip of Scotland and then down the east side of Scotland. Oh, okay, that's right. All right. I remember that now. And there was a hurricane going on at the time. <laughs> so Lucky we didn't you. we didn't get to stop at 
three different stops in Northern Ireland. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, and I must add before we leave this this subject, someone said that Alice Starmore has the most correct version of Aaron knitting and cable knitting out there, and it is a book called Aaron Knitting. So, okay, um, check that book out if you really want the true story about Aaron's sweater knitting and <laughs> the whole truth cable about thing. Aaron knitting, okay. absolutely. So. We were kind of looking, both of us, for tips, you know, tips oh, right, and right. tricks. To... And we talked a little bit about the needle, mm-hmm. the different types of needle. And so there are many different types of cable needles, and most of them are just straight, tiny little, tight, like they're tiny little double pointed. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of them have a little kind of notch in them or a V. Mm-hmm. We talked about the J and then this crazy J that has these jaggedy things on it. I should... I'll show that to you later. Maybe we should take a picture and put it on Instagram. Sure. It's pretty funny. But then there are a lot of, um, you can cable without a needle too. Now, personally, I've always, I've heard of this, but I kind of thought, well, why would I do that? Because cabling with the needle is really easy. It is. But it was funny. Just the other day, there was a, I'd mentioned Mason Dixon knitting before, and I get their daily emails, and every day there's an interesting article written by somebody different. And earlier this week, there was an article written by Kate Atherley, who is the knitting, knitty, I guess, knitty.com editor, technical editor, or editor. Anyway, she has an, an interesting article, and we'll give a link to it, on cabling without a needle. And she really makes it look pretty easy. And I, and looking at it now, I could see how doing a, just a two or three stitch cable. Yes. A small one that, that I might attempt her method. But one of the things that came from her little article, in addition to learning how to do this, that she gave a great little tip about how to remember a right cable from a left cable. Okay. And that on the right cable, the stitches go back. So she, you know, used the term right back. Right back. And then I've always thought of it as left meaning Linda, so that the, the stitches go towards Linda. So <laughs> if your name isn't Linda, that would have not going to work. You. But that's how I, I remember it. The other little tip she gave in that article that I had never heard before, and this may explain some things. I guess a lot of people have trouble with the last stitch on the cable being enlarged. Mm-hmm. And one way to remedy that is to make sure you move all the stitches at once onto the cable needle, oh. not one at a time. Oh, you see, I always move them one at a time because I want to be extra careful right. and make sure I get I them think, all. I think I tend to do that too. And it's one of those things I just never thought about. I think right. because I tend to count a lot when I'm knitting, mm-hmm. even subconsciously, that I think I would just take it off like, oh, one, two, three. And, but now I will try to break that habit and grab them all at once I will too. The cable needle. Absolutely. I did watch a few of those video t- videos on um, YouTube showing how to uh, cable without a cable needle. And I think I'm going to stick with a cable needle for now. One of them that really uh, made me nervous was when you just leave the stitches. You know, you, you just take them off and you can either hold them and pinch them with your hand or, you know, kind of push them against the right hand needle, but they're just kind of out there, you know, they're just out there right. waiting to be dropped. And I can see if you have a really, um, uh, sticky yarn, maybe that would work and that they would hold, yes. but I've worked with so many yarns that that would have just dropped yeah, so fast. Super wash yarn, or if you have something that has a little silk or cashmere in it. 
it's probably not going to work as well. The, the, the sweater, I'm, the, I'm, I'm almost at the end of my Oranje, finally, and that yarn is super sticky that so it I, might could, hold. I could easily do it with that. Right. And right. also, when I was learning how to do the tubular cast on, the two-by-two two tubular cast on, and the way you have to rearrange the stitches mm -hmm. for that, you could use that same technique for cabling because all, all you're doing is basically rearranging the, the order in which you knit the stitches. Right. So there's a way. Right. And, and then you were going to talk about the mock the cables. The mock cables. Too. Yes. I've talked about my poncho and the fact that those stitches, stitches are right twist and left twist. And it really does give a cabling effect kind of makes, um, almost like diamonds, I guess. And yes, that is, I guess, considered a mock cable. And one thing that I found was very interesting was the fact that mock cabling has the same gauge as stockinette stitch. So you don't have to worry about cable flare. Right. Which I'll talk about in a minute. Right. Uh, it would be like if you were knitting a hat, a plain stockinette hat, and you thought, gee, I'd really like to put a cable into that hat to make it look fancier. A cable, a cable stitch, cable stitching uses more stitches per inch than stockinette does. Mock cables, the left twist, the right twist, which is just really using increases and decreases to make a cabling look, that uses the exact same gauge as stockinette. So that would be very easy without having to do math if you just wanted to add a little bit of you know, interest to a stockinette project. Whereas if you are going to right. add a cable, an actual cable, you're going to have to do some math with that. Right. Yeah, I did a project last year, the year before, I can't remember now. Uh, the, and I've mentioned it before. We may have even put it on Instagram in the past. I can't remember. But it's called Spring's Eve, and it's by Irina Anakiva. Hmm. It's a very beautiful cardigan, and I made it in a really beautiful royal blue yarn that I, I loved. This was, a, this was a fingering weight sweater that I really had trouble with because I was suffering from not liking fingering oh, weight at the time. But, but I really like the sweater, and it's a great... It, and it, it has some beautiful, like a cabled rib, which is very interesting. And but it is, there are some rope cables down the back, but the rest of the the, the cables on the sweater are, I guess, what we would call mock cables. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it was a really beautiful project. I mean, I would even consider making that again. Yes, that is a beautiful sweater. So cable flare, cable flare, not right. something you want. It sounds really good, but it's not something you want. Yes. You might want it, you know, yeah, if that's you, true. you just, I think it's something you have to be aware of. In most cases, if you're just knitting a pattern, it's not something you have to worry about. Cable flare is something that you need to consider if you're designing. And hopefully if you're designing, you know, you, you already know this much, but as Ann just said, cables take up more, they use more stitches per inch. inch than say stockinette or seed stitch or whatever your, your background or, or base background stitch might be. So you have to take that into account. And if you don't, so if you made a swatch and you did a, a seed stitch on the bottom and then you did the cables and then you did a seed stitch on the top, what you would find is that your the, the part where the cable is would kind of pull itself in kind of kind of like a female shape goes in at right. the waist and so you'll there are probably a lot of sources for 
calculating the cable flare. And I, I thought about trying to do that in the podcast, but when you're talking about numbers and you know, multiply this by this, it's, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Just be aware mm -hmm. of what we're talking about, that, that the, your cable is going to pull in. So most patterns will have you increasing two, three, four stitches per cable mm -hmm. when you get to the cabling section. Right. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yes. All right. What else did I look? The other thing I learned while I was researching all of this that I hadn't known about was the word tessellated. Tessellated. And I had never heard of a tessellated cable, but no. tessellated cables were like a common rope cable is just like a probably usually two, four or six stitches and a rope just kind of goes up and down. A tessellated cable is a cable that is kind of an all over pattern. So, okay. I just thought that was interesting. Like a fun fact. And also, uh, you said something about a Facebook group. Oh yes. Yes. Right. Uh, the Facebook group is called, I think it's just cleverly called cable and Aaron knitting or something like that. Oh, I should probably pull this up here, mm -hmm. but it's a group that I belong to okay. that is mostly it's just people posting photos of what they've done, and they're you know always pretty Aaron and Cable projects. Why isn't my thing <laughs> typing? Okay, my computer's not going to type right now. Here we go. Okay, back it up. But anyway, it's just a a good source for information, for inspiration, sure. and also a good quick place if you have a particular question. For you know, you're working on a cable project and you have a question. Oh, wow, that. That group is, is usually pretty quick to respond. So the other That's day, wonderful. Just, just earlier today, somebody posted a picture and they had some serious cable flare and they were saying, why is this doing this? And, you know, somebody quickly and now we know. in and explained about cable flare. Absolutely. Now we know. Well, is there anything else that we need to mention about cables? I think we've covered it, ma'am. I, I think we have covered it. Go forth and cable. <laughs> Be brave, folks. Be brave. Yeah, Absolutely. but you don't have to be all that brave, really. Just, just no. It's yeah. no. It's really fun and it's really easy. Yeah. And everyone who sees what you're knitting will say, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. you so are beautiful. such a good knitter." <laughs> and you can chuckle to yourself. Um, now, I guess we're up to last time we d uh, decided to do a giveaway. <gasps> yes, Yay. very exciting. Yes. So we appreciate all of your suggestions about topics. Absolutely. And, and we will use all those topics. We'll go through there and, and definitely pick yeah. them out, even yeah. if you're not the winner. Right. Even, yeah, some really great ideas. And once again, we love your feedback. So feel free to, to email us or comment on Facebook or Instagram. Anytime. We do read all of your comments. We do. And if you email us, I do try to personally respond to everybody. But our lucky winner Yay. of the Divine Yarns Boutle is... Allison. Woo. <laughs> and Allison, she had a suggestion about, she, uh, she wanted an episode about gift knitting. Oh, that's a great idea. And, you know, how do you figure out sizing and things like that? Sure. And then she was also interested in just maybe some general tips and tricks. Okay. I so like that. Both good ideas. And Allison, I believe Allison was somebody that had emailed us. And okay. so I think 
Allison, if you don't hear this right away and email us to give us your address, I will be emailing you to ask you for your address and we'll send you I'll your send it right out. skein of yarn. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Yay. Our first giveaway. Yay. <laughs> I guess now we're up to rave and fave. Do you want to go first? You can go first. I can go first. Okay. I'm raving and faving right now about a knitting light that I have that goes around my neck. Oh, are you and finally using that? I am using that. Okay, yes. Excellent. And it just, I can really focus it on what I'm doing and illuminate just exactly what I'm doing. And I really, I really do like it. So I will post. And it goes around your neck that. and it's just two little light, lights yep. that dangle down kind yes. of from the. And you can really adjust it. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and aim it right at what you're doing. And it was really relatively inexpensive, right? I think it was 19.99 on Amazon or. Ah, uh, yes. Did you get it somewhere yes. else? Yes, actually, I found it on Instagram, but yes, I think Amazon has it as well. I, I, so. Yeah, I think I've had one in my cart just in case I yeah. I need it. Yeah, it really does help. And I do have a new pair of glasses as well. I actually went to an eye doctor and got <laughs> real glasses for me. Yeah, so um, those are helping too. If you can't see, you can't knit very well. Or anything, do anything very well. So being able to see is a good thing. Being able to see with knitting is a very good thing. <laughs> Raving and faving about being able to see. Right. Yay. Well, mm -hmm. I have two, I guess I have a rave and a fave. I guess I'll rave about Lucy Haig, who I believe I first heard about, saw on a fruity knitting episode. I think it was episode 62, but if it's not, we will put the correct reference in the in the notes but she does this really to me beautiful interesting kind of a little bit different looking cable some a lot of a lot of her stuff is sort of mock cable also oh. but her stuff is mostly reversible oh and wow and so a lot of her designs have this celtic look to it but if you she has a website we'll give a uh, link to that as well as the fruity knitting episode. I have not made any of her patterns, <clears throat> but I, <clears throat> I think her stuff is really, really beautiful. Sounds like it. The other thing that I have to rave about, or maybe it's a fave. It's a great book. And Anne, you were with me. This is when yes. our knitting history together started, started. when I, we bought this book. That's yes. really funny. And Anne and I've known each other about three and a half years mm -hmm. And three years ago, on my birthday in February... We went for lunch. We went for lunch. Anne took me to lunch. And you told me about how you were joining a knitting, a knitting group. group. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's so funny because I've been knitting for years. Or I've known how to knit for 30 years, but I had not been knitting for many years. And just that previous month, in January 1st, I said... 2017 is going to be the year of knitting, and I, I knit it almost every day since that day. And I was, and I had just finished a project that I had started. I had re redid the sweater that mm -hmm. that I did for Wilma 30 years ago. I had finished that, and I was looking for a new project. And there was a relatively new knit shop in Dallas that Anne was not aware of at the time. Had you, you been there yet? I had not. I don't think I had been there yet. No, no, you had just noticed it. You said, I just noticed this store, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Fleece, <clears throat> which is kind of in my neighborhood in mm -hmm. Dallas. So we went right from lunch to Fleece. We did. And when we were there, I found this book called Vest Bets. Mm -hmm. And it's all vests, but many, many of them have cables. And I made the one called... 
Oh, which where is it? And that is the cable that I watched you make that I thought to myself, there is no way I could ever do that. Well, that That's is a really one. unusual cable because as you look at cables, most of them are going to be, you know, sometimes you put two or three or maybe four, maybe six or eight at the most right. stitches on a cable needle to do the cable. This, this vest is called Dance Smartly. It's a... Uh, an open cardigan vest, kind of just below the hip length, but the it has a 21-stitch cable. Wow. So that's what you were seeing. Mm -hmm. 21 stitches. Now, it's, it's in big yarn. This book is actually written by the Cascade people, and so it's all about superwash Aran yarns that they're suggesting to use for these patterns. So it's big, bulky yarn on big needles, and you got 21 stitches on a cable needle that then you then have to knit back onto your regular needle. And I'm telling you, that's tight. That's tight. And you are pulling and you do get some holes, but you have these big giant cables then right down the back and then on each side. Um, and and we, you use the J for that? I use the J okay. for that. Yeah. It, it's amazing they fit. They all fit on there, but they did. And we've taken a picture of that sweater before and put it on Instagram. We'll do it again. We'll put it on but again. But we'll do that, that yeah. again. But that's just one of many, many vests in this book. So I would highly recommend this book, particularly for a beginner need, uh, knitter. Mm -hmm. I think these patterns are rated as intermediate, but because you all are brave knitters, I think you can easily handle you know, anything in here. Once again, yeah. stitch at a time. Great. Okay, misbehave. <laughs> I have been, uh, this is just kind of, a, not as I was knitting, but I've been wearing that uh, shawl. I've, I've talked about it before. It was um, Chasing Rabbits yarn. Oh, the purple and, and pink. Yeah, and... it's just, I love it. I've worn it probably four times, but I wore it to a meeting last week. And when I got home, I was missing, it has th uh, um, three tiered tassels and I was missing two of my tassels. They'd come out missing. So, you missing. Yes. And I, I called, Did you find them. Uh, well, I called where the meeting was located and she had found them. So oh, okay. she will be t bringing them back to me. But I just was thinking, I thought I did a really good job securing those tassels. <laughs> I thought it was a really great tassel maker, but evidently not so much. So that would be my misbehave. I was very disappointed that my tassels so fell out. So how are they attached? Are they just sewn on? or oh, You're just pulling that, you know, you make three different tassels, then kind of, you know, pull it through and, and tie them together through the top. Right. You know, um, and then you just tie them to the it was, shawl. Yeah, yes. But two, the bottom two fell out. The top one was still oh. there, but the bottom two came out. So evidently I did not tie them well enough. So okay. I don't know what my save should be there. Uh, people out there listening, you know, if you have any idea, you know, make what sure I'm, you're tying all three of those tasks. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought that I did. I thought that I tied huh. those really well, but I did something wrong. I don't know if I should do a tassel maker. I know Clover makes a tassel maker. Would that be my save? Is there something about those that makes well, but them it more? It wasn't making the tassels. Yeah. It was, it was it your was problem. Connecting them. It was connecting. connecting maybe them. rather than tying them, maybe do like a Russian join okay. or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you probably have to rethink the, the, does the pattern give specific instructions about how to attach them? Yes, it does. I follow, you the, follow, I follow the directions. Exactly. Yes. And I thought that I was really, really, hmm. you know, tying tight knots. I thought that they were good, but no. 
Interesting. Yes. So anyone out there who has had that happen to them or knows how to make tie tassels on better. I mean, there were three tassels together, tiered. Right. So it was tying well, them together. To bring it, bring it to, to knitting group okay. next time or the next time we get together to record. I'd just like to look at it to yes. just to, to, to see it and okay. to see if there's maybe just a, a better way. Because I'm thinking, well, maybe if it is just tied, maybe that's you know one of the reasons that we're kind of told never to do tie knots and knitting is because it doesn't really secure the yarn the way you think it might. Right. And maybe there's a, a better way to, to, to do a join. Okay. So I guess I'm still looking for my save. Okay. There we go. <laughs> well, my misbehave is just sort of a general one. And it has to do with when you're, when you're doing cables, the most common mistake, and I've pretty much made this, I think, in every cable project I ever made. I didn't make it in the, the big red vest. I did not miss a cable on that one. But that I'll just be knitting along and I'll miss a cable. Just forget to, you know, I know I'm supposed to be cabling that, that, that row, but I'm just knitting along and when I get to the cable, I just forget and then I notice it. Well, in one case, I noticed it after I finished the whole blanket. I had made a baby blanket last year for my grandniece who's about to turn a year in April. And I finished the whole blanket before I realized that three inches in, I had missed two cables right next to each other on the same row. And I've done that too. I missed, there was one part of that cable on the sweater that we made. Yes. And we both made the same mistake in in the the same same place, which is pretty funny. That is very strange. We must have been talking (laughs) at that point. I don't know. But I think that's, that's really common. I guess another common problem is to to go the wrong direction. So it's a right-leaning cable, and you do left instead. Now, according to, there's a, a Nora Gon book, and those of you that who know Nora Gon, she has some really, really beautiful cable patterns. She has a book called The Cable, we just looked it up. We did. The Cable Source Book, Knitting Source Book. Okay. There we go. There we go. Knitted Cable Source Book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in there, she talks about a couple different ways to fix a mistake like that. Number one is you can ladder down. Yes. Which seems kind of scary. You're How laddering it, down in the middle. You're, you're like knitting into the middle where the, where the cable is and then laddering down that yeah, middle part. So you're part. basically undoing you yeah, know, just the, 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 the whole cable. And... She, you know, she talks about that may seem intimidating. However, if the alternative is you're going to rip it out anyway, you might as well give this a shot. I I would want to have a lifeline in there. And what you're saying is, yes, you know, try the laddering back first, see if you can do it, but have that lifeline in there before you start to ladder down. That's what I would need to do. Yeah. Because I'm not that brave. (laughs) (laughs) So you can try that. That to me, when I've ever encountered this and and I did find that in one situation recently where I just thought oh, I'm just not going to do that I just don't care enough mm-hmm. then there's an, an alternative way to fix it is to do duplicate stitch Ooh. so the way she does it in the book or she doesn't really show how she does it in the book I've seen some other sources and I'll try to remember what that is and we can put a put a link to it that, that gives more detailed instructions about how to do a duplicate stitch 
So you're basically just kind of going over the stitches that are there. And so if they're going the one direction, you're just doing duplicate stitch to go the other direction. Hmm. Or if it's missing, then you're just doing a duplicate stitch to look like a, a cable. Interesting. I think you have to be really good at duplicate stitch to do that. And so you may practice, but once again, it might be worth it. And then she also gives my favorite remedy for this is to just ignore it. Just ignore it, and yes. say, oh, well, it's handmade. I made a mistake. It's missing the cable. I think that that is so true. I was watching someone ladder down, and she sh- you know, she said, see, I went the wrong way. I looked right at it. I never would have noticed in a million years. Okay. So I'm in that camp. <laughs> just leave it. But I do have my favorite save of all time. Okay. The thing that's going to make me rich and famous if I could figure out a way to, to, to market this, right? Mm-hmm. Flashcards, knitting flashcards. Yes. And I came up with this idea, I guess, right before we started that that knit-along sweater two years ago, right? Right. I benefited from this greatly. It's a great idea. And because I generally write everything down when I'm knitting, when I'm on a... And this sweater that we were knitting, you know, had a little bit of a complicated row, in that, you know, knit two, purl four, knit another two, cable three, back, mm-hmm. front, blah, blah, blah. So that when you're looking at it on a piece of paper, or even those of you that use Knit, knit Companion, mm-hmm. right, the, the software on your iPad, for some people like myself, it's still very difficult to narrow in or zero in on that one narrow line of right. text and to, to see it clearly while I'm looking at that and looking at my knitting. And it occurred to me one day that what I really needed was just something bigger and bolder, and I needed it to be away from all the other lines of text. Yes. And so it occurred to me, it's like I just need one line. It's like a flashcard, like a like mm-hmm. a long flashcard and I thought, well, I can do that. And so just using eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper turned landscape and then basically cut in fours. So you have four long horizontal strips. And I just copy and paste basically the pattern in giant font mm-hmm. um, onto they have, now, I use Photoshop Elements because I, I use Photoshop Elements for a lot of other stuff. You could do it in Word or some other word processing. but And so I, I make those um, flashcards for almost any pattern I have now that is a little bit complicated. When I made those hats at Christmas time, uh, and it, I, I love my flashcards. It helped so much. And the three of us, the three friends who were in that uh, together, we all used it. And uh, it it just made a huge difference for me. And I even went so far as to follow along on the row just so that I didn't miss where I was. I would use a paper clip that held all of them together, but I would just slide it along as I worked each stitch so that I knew exactly where I was. Yeah, that would be more difficult for me because I'd have to take my hand off of my knitting oh, that's true. to touch the... That's the, true. The, the I was a very new knitter at that point, so I was very paranoid about missing anything at all. So yeah. you know, any Normally stitch. I can, because it's, I, I put it on my lap, I also find it helps, it makes it easier to sort of count rows because when I'm done with that row, yes. it just goes, it, to goes to the back, to the back. Of the pile. 
It's a brilliant idea. Thank you for that. I know. I love that idea. My favorite save of all time ever. All right. Craving. Do you want me to go or? Yes. Okay. Craving. After all of this last night and, you know, just talking about all the the myths about the cables and the Aaron sweaters, I got onto a website called AaronSweaterMarket.com and, oh my word, did they have some neat, neat sweaters and a lot of them are on sale right now. I can't. sweaters already made. Yes. Not kids. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. No, these are already made. So you don't have to knit them. No, absolutely. But I just, oh man, there's some beautiful ones in there. And I just, I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it. Okay. So check it out. They've got some good prices right now. Almost to the point that you wonder, I mean, if they're hand knit, wow, how can they even sell them for that price? Do they, they I'm pretty sure they're hand knit. I'm pretty sure that they're hand knit. Yeah. They're hand knit on, yeah, they're Aaron knit sweaters. Like what kind of prices are you talking under a hundred dollars, oh, you know, gosh. on sale. Yes, yeah. Acrylic yarn? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's supposed wow. to be the real deal. Yeah, you wonder how how could they possibly do that? I know because I think it's. I heard that it takes about sixty hours, six zero hours yeah. to knit one of those. So it's just like sweaters. slave labor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we need to investigate. We this. need to investigate <laughs> that. You know, as, as you're spe- talking about this, I'm beginning to wonder. You know, could they possibly be in it? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Maybe but they were originally hand knit by machine. Maybe I don't know, but they were originally well over a hundred dollars a piece. But they're but on still sale. that would be really cheap. That would be very cheap hand knit. Because yeah. I know I would charge more than that. I would it. think so, but thinking Even back, you just charge charge three dollars an hour. That's one hundred and eighty bucks. Thinking back, though, when I was in high school, I had a gorgeous fisherman sweater, hand knit. It's beautiful. I still have it. I bought one for my boyfriend at the time too, so we matched. Isn't that sad? Anyway, <laughs> um, it, you know, it was just barely over a hundred dollars. And you think even back then? I mean, I understand that was a that lot like, of money back then. Yeah, in the well, yeah days. exactly. But it still would have broken down to just being about two dollars an hour for but somebody back to then knit. People made two dollars an hour. I guess. Right? I now guess. Still, like working at McDonald's make. Ten dollars an hour. Exactly. More, right? That's a very good point. But two dollars doesn't go far. It didn't even go far then. All right, we'll have to investigate. We'll have to investigate that. that. <laughs> yeah. How are they doing this? Exactly. But I, anyway, they have some beautiful sweaters, and I just thought maybe I need one for next winter. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe you'll knit one. True. My friend Pat is actually making a sweater for her son-in-law, an, uh, a fisherman sweater, oh. to, to replicate one that he had in the past that he really loved. So she had to look far and wide and she had to find kind of a vintage pattern because he's kind of a big guy and uh-huh. and this sort of style that he wanted is not really in vogue right now and uh-huh. so um it's been like a year-long process for her to find the right pattern and find the right yarn and That's yeah so whole big rigmarole but wonderful so maybe maybe pat will show that to us soon absolutely or another year when she finishes <laughs> knitting it it's take a while all right my crave is I think once again from that same fruity knitting episode 62, I know that Jennifer Beale came from that, that one. I, I think Lucy Haig did too. But Jennifer Beale is a designer and a lot of her work has cables, not all of it, but a lot of it has cables, but I just think, and I have not knit any of her designs. So that's why it, it's a real crave for me. And right now, because I have so many projects either on the needles or in project bags in my queue that uh, I'm not going to be knitting anything of Jennifer's in the near future. But I just think she's a really interesting designer. Her designs are just a little bit different. They all have some little element 
that is unique that I just find fascinating. So kudos to, to Jennifer. Yes. And I hope to someday get, get her f- further up on my queue. Sounds good. Well, have That's we it. done it? That's I think it. we've done it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next. Or you'll hear us next time. You'll hear us next time. <laughs> yes. And in the meantime, <laughs> be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at BEE Brave Knitting and email us at BEE Brave Knitting at gmail.com.